Triathlon Show, episode 67. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. I'm your host, Michael, and on today's episode, we'll talk about five ways that you can spend less money on triathlon. So I hope that this is something that you might be interested in, even though I know that it's sometimes really fun to go out and splurge the cash on all things related to triathlon. But uh, at the end of the day, we primarily need to put food on the table and have a roof over our head. So if there are ways that we can save a little bit of money by not spending as much on triathlon, then that's great, isn't it? But uh, before jumping into that main topic, let me just give you a quick personal update that's also related to the podcast. Today, by the time of this recording, is Wednesday the 11th of October 2017. And uh, yesterday I moved from Helsinki, Finland to Lisbon, Portugal, as I've been mentioning on the podcast previously. I was greeted by fantastic weather as good as the warmest, sunniest and best of days that we've had over the whole of this past summer in Finland. Although I was told that the weather is right now exceptionally good for this time of year, so I shouldn't expect it to always be like this. But hey, I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts. And uh, other good things, my bike is with me, I bought a new pair of running shoes, all is good, so I'm really, really looking forward to this new chapter in my triathlon life and life in general. I want to say that the podcasting quality will see uh, how this echo of this room will affect it. I hope I can remove it in post-editing, but my initial tests led me to believe that I will have quite a bit more echo than I used to have in Helsinki because I had some nice and uh, soft curtains at the wall that could stop some of the echo side sounds. But I'm sure that after a few episodes, I will find a way to get rid of that as well. One more thing, I already sent out an email about this to the Scientific Triathlon newsletter. If you're not on it, by the way, go and sign up on scientifictriathlon.com. But uh, if you're a Portuguese triathlete, and in particular in Lisbon, I'd love to meet you and meet up for a training session. And it can be an easy session on your own terms. We don't need to go my pace or anything. I just want to meet triathletes and get involved in the community here. And uh, it could also be that we meet up for a cup of coffee. And I've already actually scheduled a cup of coffee with with one Portuguese triathlete and uh, hopefully a training session <clears throat> sorry a training session with another so so that's all really good and looking forward to getting involved as i said if you're interested email me at michael at scientifictriathlon.com and that's michael with a k and one more thing as i mentioned in the last episode which was seven big mistakes beginner triathletes make I want to see if there's interest in me making a third podcast episode per week. And this one would be a short, less than 15 minute extra episode, especially for beginners, or I should say only for beginners. It should be an episode that is geared towards beginners only and tips for your triathlon needs at this point in your triathlon journey. So, as I said, it would be a third episode per week, and maybe the advanced listeners of the show wouldn't listen to that particular episode. 
but uh, I like them to be the kind of episodes that would be must listens for every beginner triathlete. But uh, if I'm to do this, I need to know that there's interest in this. So I will do this for sure if at least 10 people email me to, again, michael at scientifictriathlon.com, michael with a K, and say, yes, we want to hear this kind of episode on that triathlon show. So please go ahead and do this. Bring out your smartphone immediately. Send out an email if you want to hear this. If you're a beginner triathlete and you want more information related for your current triathlon ability. But that's about enough of chit-chat for today from me. Let's hear about the five ways that you can spend less money on a triathlon. So this topic was requested by Carlo from the Philippines who wants to hear about budgeting for triathlon. He writes that triathlon is an expensive sport so I tend to be picky with what I buy and which races I register for. I've always tried to get the best bang for my buck and that's exactly what we'll talk about in this episode how you can spend less on triathlon. According to a study by the USA Triathlon, the average triathlete is a married 38-year-old with an income of $126,000 per year. So that's a very affluent man. Uh, 44% of these males have kids living at home. 60% are male. That's why I was talking about male, but obviously there are women as well. They spend in excess of $4,000 annually on bike gear, athletic footwear, race fees, and nutritional supplements, and nearly half have traveled more than 500 miles for a race. And just looking back at when I started triathlon, having recently graduated university and took a high-risk, low-paying engineering job at a very young startup company, if I would have spent $4,000 a year, I would have been living in my car if not on the street and living in a car is uh, incidentally what uh, legends of the sport like Simon Lessing I think he was did at the start of his career so uh, hey if he can maybe I should have done it too but uh, well I don't know I liked my comfortable apartment so so definitely bringing that cost yearly cost of triathlon down is something that's of great interest for many including myself so let's talk about that oh and by the way before people start talking about how you can't be competitive if you don't spend money chrissy wellington won her first ironman world championship on a non-tt bike it was a cervello it was a good cervello but it was still a non-tt cervello it had clip-on aero bars so let's not be judgmental about spending less money on equipment you can still be competitive it's uh, not about always about the bike it's not just about the bike i should say so tip number one is race less or choose different races especially when traveling racing and the traveling and accommodation related to it may be a very significant percentage of what you spend on triathlon and even without the travel, the cost to enter an Ironman is usually at least 500 or 600 euros. It can be more. And a 70.3 Ironman 70.3 roughly costs 200 to 300 euros. So those are very significant chunks of money. So what do you do? Alternative number one is to race less, simply enter fewer races. And not only does this save you potentially a lot of money, from entry fees but uh, and not to mention travel and accommodation 
but actually it's likely that you'll perform much better in the races that you do enter because you'll be able to truly peak for them and this is a common issue that i see with many age groupers that they tend to race too much especially if they race long distance you can't race race a lot of those long distance races and they never peak for any single race so you can kill two birds with one stone by not racing as much and you will save money and you might be able to perform better by peaking for those key races So the other way to save money here is to enter cheaper races. So there are a couple of ways to do this. You can enter shorter distances, like 7.3s, half distances instead of full distances, or even Olympics or sprints instead of 7.3s and half distances. And uh, guys, I want to say here, the distance of the race does not determine your worth as a person or a triathlete and this is one of my biggest pet peeves in the sport of triathlon we've had very passionate discussions about on this topic with uh, quite a few of my coaching colleagues i remember specifically on a coaching course weekend that i attended a month or so ago when this was a hot topic and uh, we i'm very passionate about this the the distance of the race does not determine how much your worth as a person or a triathlete or how good you are it's not just about worth if you think that you're better just because you're doing ironmans you're wrong so uh, and the other way to do this instead of entering shorter distances is to enter non-branded races that would be for example entering a challenge race instead of an ironman race and for example for a half distance race you can save around about 50 euros by choosing challenge instead of ironman based on the couple of example races that i looked at in example countries, I should say, or even non-branded races uh, altogether might be even cheaper. Tip number two is to take care of your bike and take good care of it. If you take good proper care of it, you will save a ton on much less expensive service fees and repairs for your bike when that time comes. So things like giving it a quick, quick wash up weekly and a more detailed one monthly plus maybe wiping off the chain with a clean rag after most rides may save you hundreds of euros or dollars or pounds over the course of a year when you consider how much you save that bike from accumulated damage and wear and tear. I'll link to an excellent slow twitch article with a great maintenance schedule for this, how you can do this. So what should you do on a weekly basis after each ride, what should you do on a monthly basis, and so on. And it's not much that you need to do, really. So do check it out. It will be on the show notes on thattriathlonshow.com. And number three is you don't need all the tech. As my coach Simon Bradley said a couple of episodes ago when he was on as an interviewee, all the gear, no idea. There's nothing wrong with gear and tech. I'm a big fan of uh, quite a few of the gear and tech out there, as you know, but it must be used right. And each athlete must have their priorities right and use gear and tech for the right purposes within the right constraints. So tech should be used as a tool that has a specific purpose to help you improve as a triathlete within the constraints that you have. And that includes budgeting constraints. So if you buying all the latest tech prevents you from getting a bike fit or from getting a coach 
from getting physio appointments that you need because you're rehabbing an injury or something or similar things that really should be top priorities for you then you have not got your priorities right and then you should not get that tech that you are getting that's what i mean with this item you don't need all the tech and a few examples of tech that may be unnecessary for you i just wanted to include these as examples it's not an exhaustive list by any means but some common things that that people might think that they have to get but you don't have to so one is a smart trainer uh, i'm a big fan of indoor trainers and uh, smart trainers are great but you don't really need a smart trainer if you have a big budget sure but in my opinion the value add of smart trainers is small compared to regular dumb trainers There's really nothing that a smart trainer can do in terms of helping you improve as an athlete that a dumb trainer can't. And the second item is power meters. And don't get me wrong, I think that for intermediate or advanced triathletes, power meters are of massive, massive value. And I mean massive, but uh, there's a cheap alternative and we've talked about it many, many times before on this show. It's called Trainer Road and they have virtual power, which is an excellent, excellent resource. Trainer Road costs 100 euros per year. And if you have a speed and cadence sensor, which you can buy for 60 euros per year, or sorry, 60 euros for a one-off fee, then you can get virtual power, which is very consistent, very reliable, and uh, close to the the accuracy that you would get from a power meter so and the cost of a power meter can a high-end power meter can easily be 10 times that investment that you that you get for a trainer road subscription plus the cadence and speed sensor so uh, this is a place where obviously trainer road and virtual power can't quite replace a power meter because you can't bring it outside or to your races but training wise you can get i would say 95% of the benefits or 90% of the benefits by using trainer road and virtual power this way and training indoors primarily to improve your fitness this is super effective anyway and uh, you should go back to episode 38 or 39 I want to say I'll include a link on the show notes for my interview with Chad Tim- Timmerman from trainer road uh, for more details but anyway just to say that You don't need a power meter. There are cheap alternatives so that you can still train with power and get almost all of the benefits. And the final item is GPS watches. And this may come as a surprise, you, but you may not need one. Although these are, in my opinion, wonderful tools and I do recommend getting one if you can. But I want to tell you a quick story about an athlete that I'll actually start working with uh, soon. And he's uh, from Texas or he lives in Texas and may listen to this, in which case I want to once again uh, commend you for uh, a perfect focus on what's important and what should be your priority within your boundary conditions, including budget. And uh, this athlete is an advanced athlete, very advanced athlete, actually. And when he told me that uh, he has no GPS watch and no power meter, I was uh, very surprised at first. And uh, I thought that, as I mentioned above, sure, power meter, that's easy to work around. Uh, that's just trainer road and virtual power. Uh, but GPS watch, I, I had to think for a bit. But actually, we can do any important quality workout where we want to know paces, like an interval workouts. On the track or even on a measured stretch or road, you can measure up a 1k stretch on a relatively flat road or a road where you can perform quality workouts uh, and then just just use a stopwatch and run back and forth or around the track 
and and you can get all the information that you need you don't need anything else as we talked about in episodes before like for example episode 30 on uh, training zones for running i think that paces and power are better training zones to use than heart rate for run training so a gps watch uh the pace that you get from it is useful, but you can get that from a stopwatch and a measured stretcher road or a track. And that's that's the only thing you need. Obviously, this athlete, again, returning to the story, he's very much in tune with his body. He knows what uh, paces to run on his easy runs and so on. So, Or what effort to run, I should say. So, uh, so that's not a problem for him. It might be for somebody else. But again, if you're in a pinch, then you don't need a GPS watch. There are workarounds. You can do quality workouts with a stopwatch and a track. So tip number four is to buy stuff from the cheapest sources or buy stuff secondhand. So let's start first with new stuff. There are plenty of online sites like Wiggle, which is my favorite, I highly recommend it. Amazon, Chain Reaction Cycles, Running Warehouse, and so on. Uh, that's where you can find great deals, sales, clearance items, and so on. Most of these, be sure to check, but most sites have good return policies. But it's very useful to know things like your size of items you want to order anyway, because it's just a, a bit of a hassle to go to the post office and, and have to print some forms and fill them in and so on. So I would highly recommend that you know your sizes roughly. For me, for example, I know that I've been using the Asics DS trainer shoes as my training shoes for forever and a day, and I know my size, uh, so I don't need to need to think about it i just order it from the cheapest source possible and you can find more sites like these that i mentioned again i want to highly recommend wiggle especially wiggle.com or wiggle.co.uk but google things like triathlon deals running deals cycling deals swimming deals and you can exchange the word deals for other synonyms like sale clearance discounts and so on and you can find plenty of great sites to buy from and now the other part of this uh, this topic, this point, is buying secondhand. So again, Googling, or actually my favorite at uh, this point in time is searching on Facebook for this kind of secondhand buying, is uh, to search Facebook or Google for triathlon buy sell or triathlon classifieds or your local translation of uh, those, uh, those sentences. Uh, search that on Facebook and you're almost bound to in any country where there are more than 100 people doing triathlons they will have a buy and sell group where you can find find deals or find secondhand items do the same on google and you can find forums uh, slow twitch forums slowtwitch.com has a classifieds part of their forums that is uh, pretty reputable and good i haven't used it personally but uh, that's what i've seen from the outside of course you can use something like ebay or craigslist as well I would just, I haven't used those either, to be honest, but I would, my inclination would be to use slow twitch over Craigslist and eBay and similar, uh, but uh, I might be wrong there. So you can, you can have good luck on eBay and Craigslist as well. I know I've heard of people that have been buying on those sites and have had great success with that as well. So... Uh, Again, there will be local forums. For example, I've been using a Finnish biking classified forum with great success many times. And my current and only ever tri-bike did I bought through that classified forum. And it's 
been brilliant. So I've had a lot of luck there. A couple of words of warning for both buying online new and uh, for buying used. You need to make sure that you get to test things like bikes and wetsuits or really know 100% that uh, that it's your size and, and that it works for you because you don't want to save money on a bike, for example, that's not your size. That's not a good way to save money. That's not a way to save money at all. That's a way to throw money away. So be very, very clear about this, that uh, if there is a bike that you have tried, for example, of a specific size, you can buy it. Or if you just know from experience that you have a range of sizes for a specific brand that works for you, then fine. But uh, And wetsuits is the same thing. But don't just guess on these more expensive uh, types of gear where really size is very, very important. And uh, a second tip is to, if you buy secondhand, for example, have a friend who knows about gear come with you to look at it when you when you have a look at the stuff and maybe buy the stuff. So if you're not sure if it's worth the price, then that friend can be a second pair of eyes to help you. And uh, maybe you can you can ask for opinion if this is worth buying at all and if it's your size and so on. So having that friend who's knowledgeable about gear is a great way to buy things secondhand. And finally, tip number five for saving money or spending less money on triathlon is timing your investments. And don't with this I mean don't buy bikes, for example, when the snow is clearing, the sun is uh, coming out from uh, from the darkness and uh, the new stuff for the year comes into the shops. This is, of course, a generalization because some bike shops may have last year's bikes on huge sales in this time of year. So there might be exceptions. But uh, I would say that mostly a good time for Northern Hemisphere athletes is towards the end of the season. And that would be actually now October 2017 for Northern Hemisphere athletes again. This is a great time to get stocked up on gear for your next triathlon season. And uh, I personally always use this time of year to buy quite a few pairs of shoes. They would usually cost me something like 120 to 150 euros per pair. And I get them for something like 80 instead because I buy this last season's model and they know that they will be bringing out next season's model soon. So so I get this season's for cheap and it's always good anyway. And I know that I will be changing shoes every 600 kilometers or so and I don't want to spend 150 euros every 600 kilometers. And yes, by the way, you need to get new shoes when you have run enough on them because they do wear out and you can get injured. Another tip here is to try to find deals around holidays, Black Fridays, Cyber Mondays and whatnot. So you know which kinds of holidays where you're typically finding those great deals. So have a look out. And this whole timing thing is true both offline, I should say, and in brick and mortar stores uh, and online. So check both of those sources. And I guess that the takeaway advice here is that Plan for what you need now and start researching and window shopping. Have a list of what items you need, uh, but don't be in a hurry. Take your time and wait for the right sale, the right deal to come up, and then you strike. All right, I hope that you enjoyed this episode of That Triathlon Show. It's a shorter one, but I think it's good to have those ones every once in a while. You can find the show notes for this episode on thattriathlonshow.com, as usual, including all the links mentioned in the show. 
You can contact me and send me questions and topic requests like Carlo did for this episode on michael at scientifictriathlon.com. That's Michael with a K. Or you can tweet me on Twitter where my handle is at SciTriat. And uh, if you want that third podcast episode per week, a beginner episode, quick and short, then do send me that email and say that you want it. And if I get 10 or more emails like yours, I will do this. Otherwise, I won't. It's simple as that. It's black and white. So this is where you need to make your vote count if you want more beginner-related content, as some of you have indicated that you do want. Thank you, as always, for listening. Keep training smart and keep loving friends.